0: Hello, welcome to a Veterans Drink of Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues. For veterans acclimating back into civilian life today we have sean coffee who served in the united states marine corps hoorah Uh, sergeant coffee served from 1992 to 1996 i'm pretty sure in the first grade i wrote you uh while you were over there dear soldiers Uh, this is sergeant coffee did deploy to uh somalia bosnia and haiti and welcome to Article 15, Sergeant Coffee.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, very nice surprise getting a text message being asked to talk about veterans' issues and uh, you know what we can do to help them. You know, all of them, eight to eighty-eight, blind, crippled, or crazy. We're out there.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I mean, it. You'd hope that it'd be getting better, and it doesn't seem like it's changed. I've been advocating for for the twenty-two. You know, that that number that haunts us, the 22 a day that commits suicide. I've been advocating for this for over a decade now. And it doesn't seem like the VA is getting any better or anything like that.
1: No. and, And I think one of the hardest parts about this is, you know, the GWAT guys that they were having children on their before and during their first deployments. And now their children are old enough to serve in the same war that they we're essentially born in, you know, and, and so you're talking about coming up this year, 20 years of, I mean, it, it's, it's such a long time frame that it's, I think it's part of why there's 22 a day.
0: You Brother, know, the, that, it, that, that, that hits, man, I, I I've been talking about that seriously. People who are not alive when nine 11 happened are coming back with PTSD to a war that they weren't here when it started. It. Is blowing my mind right now. So, what originally made you, (laughs) your old self? What (laughs) made you join the Marine Corps, brother?
1: You know what? Small town kid, not a lot of options. My dad was a concrete laborer. My mom was a waitress. I was smart enough to go to school, but you know what? What are you going to do? You know, you talk to your high school guidance, guidance counselor, and you know they don't have a lot to offer you. So, took myself over to Sterling, Illinois to. I can't, of all the things I could remember, Sergeant Herbert Kirkland was my recruiter. He, he always had a, 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 a t- c- coffee, you, you <laughs> coffee, you coffee, you're going to be okay. <laughs> on, leghorn leghorn. He, he was something else though. You know, I walked in and he did his spiel and he made me watch a video, you know, and I kind of knew already, like my dad was a Marine. My grandpa was a Marine. I had two uncles that were Marines. It was kind of a no-brainer. So, yeah, I think it was January of 90. I signed up for the Pool Lee delayed entry program. Yeah, I ended up going to boot camp uh, three days after Christmas, 1992.
0: Man, good times, good times. The 90s, loved it. What do you feel that you have benefited by by joining the core? <sighs>
1: uh, First, That's a loaded question, right? I think in recent years, it's given me... I can look back on some things and go, you know, I used to do this. Now I need, I have an experience to kind of front load a new thing in my job. So I'm a special Mm -hmm. education teacher. And there are times where I think, well, I can't tell a kid, you know, take your dick beaters off of my stuff. (laughs) So, right. I can't say that, but. I know that there's a, there's definitely another way to say it. So I get to lean back on some of that experience and, you know, whether you're talking about generalized leadership traits, anything like that.
0: um, For
1: for me, it's the experience, you know, leaning back on it. I think that's the biggest benefit is, you know, it's still, it's, I call it my first four-year degree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know that, man, that, that, that's another great point. You know, you get so many guys, they do their four and done and they're like, oh, I didn't do anything. I got out as an E2 for the third time, or I got out as an E3 or, you know, whatever. I was an E5 in the Air Force. Like, that doesn't mean anything. But the thing that you're getting at, that leadership, that that structure, the ideal to know how, how things are supposed to be. And I, I think that's one of the biggest stressors for veterans nowadays who are like, this is not how this is supposed to work. This is supposed to be this way. You guys are very unprofessional. This is un- this is unsat. And people just look at you like, "Oh, easy there, new guy." And it's like, "No, I know how this is supposed to work."
1: And this right. is not it. You can walk into a situation and know whether or not it's correct. You may not have a lot of experience with, you know, with that particular entity or organization or or, or whoever you're working for, but you know when something's right. And and you know even if you were a PFC or a lance corporal or you know if, even if you were a lower rank, if you knew when to say it, you could call it out, and people would go, "What the fuck? What? The fucking new guy? The boot brings up a good point, and they'd talk about it at least, and that mm. gave you a little bit of power to say, "All right, I know I'm you know I'm lower than whale shit at this point in the rank structure." <laughs> but you're still part of that team, right? You get to say, Hey, this is wrong. Now you might be doing pushups later. Cause you, <laughs> you're going to get smoked, right? Bro. You smoke, you, you spoke out of turn, but you still got to be a part of that. And, and I think right now it's, right. yeah. And, and now it's just kind of these things where, well, how long have you been here? I, uh, yeah. Never. You, you know what? Fine. Then I'm gonna let you fuck it all the way up. And then when you try and figure it out and you come to me, I, I mean, term,
0: I are you ever hear the term, well, this is how we've always done it?
1: Yeah. If you've always done,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, well, you guys are idiots if you've always done it this way. Right. Nowadays, I'm talking to most of the veterans I talk to. The very first one was my buddy, Alex. He went to Iraq and Afghanistan as a contractor. He he served in the Navy about the same time as you. Probably, probably as you were getting out, he was getting in. But he went back as a contractor for the Iraq-Afghan War. The gunnery sergeant after him, he was at Battle of Fallujah. You know, Air Force guy, G Watt. Well, Doc, Doc, I guess is older than older than Dirt. He he's Army Intel or counter intel. Uh, so he's been he joined in the eighties. But the uh, Wood was a Marine. You know, G Watt man, you you have something completely different. Your your generation. I don't mean to make you sound older than me, but your generation is very vital it's an extremely vital bridge that is necessary for the big jump from vietnam to iraq afghan there's there's not much going on in between but the the group that you guys are are going to hold our vfws and american legions together for a period that is a a very vital period i believe in my mind because we have such a gap between the boomers and the, uh, I guess we're considered millennials after a certain period of time. And you're a Gen Gen, X. A Gen, Gen X, sorry, the Gen X period. And it, it, it's a very big gap. So you guys have a very strange to us sense of deployment. So there was Somalia, Bosnia, and Haiti. What did you guys have going on during that time?
1: So it, I'm probably going to go the long way around. Okay. It's interesting because okay. I don't... Like at the time I was the youngest guy in my unit. I was probably the youngest guy out of the whole mew. And I was told by an instructor, I don't know, real early on, I don't remember if it was boot camp or if it was uh, MCT training right out of right out of boot camp. This guy told me to volunteer for everything. <laughs> what a dick. He uh, well, so yeah. I volunteered for everything. Everything. They're, Hey, we need this, or we need or, raise my hand. You know, I'm going to go and do it. I, while still a pogue in my MOS, I got to do more shit. I've got more. <laughs> I, I like to tease my brother. My brother was a grunt served eight years and he's got like a little three bar fruit salad. Yeah. I've got 11 and they took five away. I got to do so much because I volunteered for everything. They wanted somebody to do ship duty over Christmas and I just stepped forward, and the sergeant goes, "Coffee, get the fuck back in line." And I, I, I stood there, and I said, "I'm volunteering, Coffee." I said, "Get the fuck back in line." So I stepped back in line. They made somebody else go. I would have missed that Christmas leave between, between deployments. So by the time we get on the ship, it's January, January '94. We thought we were going to leave early because Black Hawk Down had happened October '93. We went like on an on call status I forget what they called it and they were trying to make us leave you know a couple days after I mean it was it was hectic it was crazy and stupid so by the time we got there that first pump to Somalia was it was it was kind of a cleanup operation there was enough going on but you know it was also really politicized at that point rules of engagement yeah. had changed but I didn't know at the time kind of what was going on I don't think it was until 2003, 2004, I was reading a book about 9-11. And it was this author that kind of traced the history of it. And it kind of shaped how I would review everything I had done, everywhere I'd gone, every, you know, every sandy soil I stepped surface on. And I think that's when I actually became a little more comfortable with my service. I became a little more proud. Not that I wasn't before, but I think I understood it in a larger context. And, you know, the deployments then became much more than what maybe they were at the time.
0: You're, you're, you're visualing big picture finally, instead of, of
1: you know, small town kid, you know, making sure that my boots are polished and my camis are creased while I'm, (laughs) while I'm dodging, You know, mortars out of the Somalian airport. Yeah, it's so, you know, as far as it, you don't think about those things at the time. And I don't think you really fully understand your service until you're out. You know, there was a meme not too long ago on Instagram and it was something about, you know, it was making fun of like peacetime veterans and, you know, and that's fun. We like to bust balls. But the larger point, was, you know, kind of, what have you done? You know, guys, guys will serve four years and it'll be their best four years, but all the whole time they bitched about being in. And I don't think I, I don't think I bitched about being in, but I know that I'm for sure now more comfortable, bigger picture, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure proud, but it also led me to kind of start my own thing for veterans. And, and I think that's where, you know, kind of, you lean back on that experience, you lean back on those things that you've done and they, I think they come full circle just almost as a byproduct of life.
0: Talking about your your product that you started up, that's the Combat Cargo? Yep. You want to you talk about that a little bit?
1: So, and, and it's funny, you you sent me the questionnaire kind of thing, like giving me the heads up what we were going to talk about. I put off for years going to the VA. My dad, you know, he was a Vietnam era Marine. He told me for, you got to go, you got to go to the VA, you got to get your medical, you got to get, you know, they'll take care of you. You know, and I complained about my knees and my back and my hearing is... Been shit for about twenty years.
0: That have been from the military, not knees and back and hearing.
1: Here, here's these empty bullet casings. Put those in your ears for hearing protection. What? <laughs> oh yeah, we'd go to the pistol range and there'd be guys walking around like, "Here, put these in your ears. This will protect your ears." Okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. So you know, I I ignored it. I put it off. I didn't. I didn't need it. So when I finally decided slash, I was kind of forced to go to the VA because. I had a little freak out moment in Disney. I went to Animal Kingdom and I walked in and it smelled like Somalia. And.
0: Oh, wow. Man. No I kidding. Like,
1: I was like this. My shoulders. You know, my wife said, she goes, she said at one point I was walking around like this. She goes, what is that? And I was like, what? And I I mean, I was like this the whole time. I I ended up sitting behind a garbage can crying for half an hour.
0: Shut the front door, dude.
1: That's. So that was. Wow. T- that was 2015, so you're talking almost 19 years after going.
0: Oh um, shit! Yeah, that that's been a minute too.
1: And then I, well, I ignored that because I'm no pussy. You know, I'm not a sick bay commando. I put all that bullshit aside. And then when I finally decided to go back, I uh, I reached out. I think on Facebook, a girl that I went to grade school with. She is a veteran service officer down in Watsika, Illinois, like south of Kankakee. Okay. And she said, she messaged me. She said, here's my phone number. Call me. Called her. I got in with her with an appointment. You know, it was worth the hour and a half drive to go to somebody I know. Yeah. Small small service world. Her husband was in She was in the Navy. Her husband was in the Navy. Her husband was on the supply ship that ran around with our service support group in the med. Small world. My experience with a veteran service officer and then subsequently the VA actually ends up being pretty good. This girl is...
0: We we want to find those those good ones. We do want to find them. So I think the last guy that I interviewed would he's down out of Georgia. He'd go to the Chattanooga VA, and he said they're phenomenal. So I give shout outs to to the VA down in Chattanooga. I've heard some good things about one in Arizona. And if you're talking about another VA man, please blow them up. Talk about them. Well, and that's so.
1: So I started Combat Cargo because. You know, it's in that, in that weird military lingo, we carry things with us all the time. I'm not a drop the pack kind of guy, right? I'm going to do a job. I got to do it all the way. I'm going to put my pack on. I'm going to hump the pack, I'm not quitting. The other part about this is when I was deployed, we had a cooler, we had stenciled on the top of this red igloo cooler, um, we had stenciled combat cargo. And at one point, we're not sure, but there might've been body parts put on ice in that cooler. So it became combat cargo, you know,
0: um,
1: we had a big reunion for some of the guys that I served with in Clearwater beach a couple of years ago now, 2019. And one of the guys brought the cooler still had it. And I'd been sitting on this idea and I just thought there's the name of it. That's what I want. It's combat cargo. You know, we, we load and we prep to be deployed, but we don't deload and unload for transitioning back to this civilian world that we're all, we're yeah. fucked up when we come back. So that's why I started combat cargo because how can, I,
0: how can they contact combat cargo?
1: So I've got an Instagram page, combat cargo. I have a Facebook page, combat cargo. And then um, the website is combatcargo.net. And you know, there's an email. You can contact me through any one of those two social media Outlets and then the email. There are some uh shoot, what am I thinking? There's an email list that you can join. So I, I made the brilliant, brilliant business decision to start something seven days before the pandemic started. So, <laughs> so you know,
0: the- we'll be sure. Uh we're gonna make sure that we get all the info. We'll put it into the podcast and everything like that. When we have a drop down from the um, uh, I don't know how this crap works, bear with me. Uh, but there's a whole paragraph what we kind of go over. Underneath the actual podcast, so all your info will be in there. The cargo uh, combatcargo.net, all that stuff, your emails. I'll make sure that I spell your name correctly. Everything, but this is amazing. You know, it, one of the best things that I always see, and a lot that I've seen on TikTok now, more on Facebook that I've gotten into a more veteran community and Instagram and everything like that. The veteran community is so amazing. What you guys have done is, is nothing short of a miracle. Between uh, these are some of the ones that I've heard of or I've come across. Tackle Twenty Two Fishing, Battle Buddy Response Team, A Wall Anglers. A lot of these guys are all non-for-profit veteran started organizations in which they either help individual veterans, you know, with their PTSD through whatever re you know whatever resources they have or they go to veterans in needs houses and work on their house and get donations from home depot lowe's menards all these different businesses and they get local people who do you know electrical work or carpentry or or whatever roofing or whatever else and they go to these veterans homes and they do work on them what you guys do is so amazing. I mean, I try to do the best I can with what I have here. I I, I do marches and stuff like that. That's about as far as I go, but, but what you guys are doing like hands-on is unreal.
1: I think the veteran community is, it, I, I think it is impressive. It's also, you know, it's also filled with jag and jerk-offs and everybody. Yes. you know, fuck you and your 22 push-ups. I get it. I get it. It's a little, It you know, it's a little... I don't know.
0: Well, here's how I see that. So, cause it's I've multiple... seen the guys who do it, the 22 pushups and I understand what they're saying. So you've been in the veteran community just a little bit longer than I have. You've been in there since 96, the 22 didn't come out really until mid two thousands. I think it was about that, that they started yeah. really hitting it. I, yeah, maybe that somewhere around there. Cause I remember starting to do the marches in like 2010 and stuff like that. So people doing the push-ups, Yeah. People like you and me, we know about that stuff. We've seen it. We see it year after year after year. However, through my, through my, um, TikTok videos, people of civilians have came to me. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know there were that many veterans killing themselves a day. I didn't realize there was a, uh, Female veterans are 22 times more, sorry, not 22, but two times more likely than civilian females to kill themselves. I didn't know a a male veteran was one and a half times more likely to kill themselves than a male that has never served before. I didn't realize over 7,300 veterans were committing suicide every single year. We didn't realize that there was more veterans that commit suicide in one year, in just one year, than the Afghan-Iraq wars combined, in all the years that they've been around that we've had KIA didn't know that, but when you start putting it out there, that the 22 pushups that they want to get involved, I say, go do it. Do your 22 pushups, do your 22 miles, do your 22, whatever you want to do. If you want to support, if you want to raise awareness, do it.
1: Well, and it comes absolutely. And it comes down to the medium, right? We now have all these weapons at our disposal, all these social, all this social media stuff. It, it can be used as a benefit. And, and, yeah. and I was hesitant with my combat cargo idea because I thought, well, you know, there's all these kinds of groups out there. No, you know what? Fuck it. One more. You know what? I was, yeah. able to get, yeah. I was able to get two guys. And, you know, again, in the middle of a pandemic, it's not the best, but I know those two guys were taken care of. I know now that they've gotten some resolution you know, relief isn't a whole other word, but they've gotten some resolution and that's two and that counts. And so if one guy can do two, can do two things, then, then we're good. And we need more things like this. And we need to keep kind of our, our values intact as that community. Number one, you should be busting balls because if we can't go through this laughing, (laughs) how are we going to get through it? You know, I mean, think about, think about all the shitty times you had deployed you were like what the fuck and the next thing you know some guy i mean one of stanley kubrick's most unbelievable true lines in full metal jacket is the guy caught jerking off and he's like (laughs) eight nine times a day he goes to the va he's jerking off instant section eight and the whole time the guys are laughing and that's what we have to keep like we have to keep our sense of humor you know so all these groups that get started, we, we got to be able to bust balls. You can't take it too seriously. You know, everybody's like, you fucking Pogue. Yep, I'm a Pogue. Guess what? I bet I did more shit than you did. I'm still a Pogue, though. I love you. You know, I'm going to fucking go to battle if he's a grunt. I'm going to go to go to battle if he's an airman, a sailor. I don't care because in my world, if you raise that right hand, you're a badass. That's
0: period. where I'm at. Yeah, period. we're on so, the same page is that one. Even the, the Coast Guard.
1: Well, okay, fine. We'll let the puddle (laughs) jumpers in.
0: Ready? Amber and Amanda here. We want to tell you about our good friends over at Scale Executive Search. Scale Executive Search is a veteran owned and operated executive search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families.
1: You know, you, you said something earlier about, you know, this this generation of, of veterans being, you know, like my age group. And that... That weird time frame—they they call them the Gulf War vets, right? Like, yeah, I was a junior. Yeah. I was a junior in high school with the Gulf War, but I was still in that time frame that they kind of lump everybody in. And Gulf War vets now are the number one, largest time era group, population wise. I'm not saying it the right way. Um, I think um, Vietnam I think, guys yeah, are now two. GWAT guys are three, and there's going to be a flip. You know, the the Vietnam guys are going to go to number three. Yeah, GWAT guys are going to move up number, you know, and these groups are going to leapfrog. And I, th- I think the important work is getting guys at the VA, getting help, getting like you said, you know, get twenty-two push-ups, get the knowledge, get the get awareness out there. Because yeah, I, I think, and I'm going to be getting ahead of myself here. I've got an iron in the fire. Actually, if you know, if you've got anybody that can develop an app, I'd love a heads up. But you know, the GWAT guys are coming next, and Given that you know, there's different, there's just a different climate overall now. I, my fear is that some of these guys are going to disappear and they're not going to. And, and look, we don't want to push, but they're going to disappear and not be able to get the help that they deserve. Yeah. And, and I think we have to keep track of, we got to start keeping track of those guys. We got to do buddy checks. We got to text message guys.
0: Yeah. The, we gotta the do battle th- buddy checks, man. We,
1: you know, we got to do things like this. And it could be just simple like, hey, dumb nuts what are you doing? You know, and as soon as you get that text back, you get a little something going. He's good.
0: Well, that's the, that's the big thing about this podcast, man, is that I want veterans to know veterans from, as you said, all branches, pogues from grunts to, to straight up like the hardcore, hardcore motherfuckers. I want them to all know that regardless whether where you were whatever it was man you, you put your hand up you you meant you mean something to to the veteran community you served i, I have guys that come to, you know i never deployed you know what you're still my brother i still got your yeah. six dude whatever you need you need to talk man let's talk So, but speaking of which, and I want to talk to you about it, man, I didn't know this. So anybody who doesn't know, I've known Sean now for a better part of over a decade. Jesus Christ. We've known each other longer than that. 16,
1: Um, 17 years.
0: Something like that, man. has got to be about Uh, four. So my oldest brother, little man as he is, he married my friend Sean's here's wife's sister. Mike, sisters, and I married, Mike and I Mike,
1: married sisters.
0: They married sisters. Separate so,
1: sisters, not twins. Sean
0: like, went to college at the same college as my sister-in-law, and that's how they. A lot of them all met. Yeah. So, so it's I've known Sean for a long time.
1: It's a weird uh, eight-year difference. It's creepy, but it's fine. Yeah, She's
0: old yeah, enough you, now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: pushing the limit, but, you know, she's a solid woman, so.
0: Berta had some looks for
1: you, man. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. She's a good woman, too, though, so we, Mike and I did okay with the sisters.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) I'm saying this because she's upstairs listening to me right now, so I'm hoping to get those points.
0: I've known Sean for a long time, and I've known him to be a Marine, and he's known me to be a squid, and uh, this is the first time I'm hearing about Disney, man and uh i want to know more about that brother you were you were there what what was going through your head i mean you're in the middle of disney uh, a lot of people there obviously
1: i you know i remember i remember, I remember, my, wife I remember my wife saying something she, saying something, she, she there, was there was a, a um, she tried, she grabbing, tried me grabbing me at one him, point and i and yeah, I, I, I just remember just... getting away but again you know like my shoulders came up and i was i mean at one point i remember i was driving and punching my way through this crowd And I just, I couldn't, like, I couldn't catch my breath. My heart was coming up. I was like, (gasps) and then, you know, by the time I sat behind this garbage can, I was fucking sobbing and I had no idea, you know, I, to this still, like, I don't know if it was any specific incident, but I know that that smell, when I walked, when I walked in, I, we hit the bridge and we were going to Tusker house for breakfast. Travel agent had set this dinner up. You got to go here. It's awesome. So we're walking over this little bridge. And I mean, Ryan, I hit the bridge and like this, it was, it was just unreal. And, you know, I had later on that, it wasn't even that summer. It was a couple summers later. I had a block party here at the house and a girl that was friends with our neighbor. She was in her last couple of semesters, no, not even semesters, like her last couple of weeks of, she was going to go to work for the VA as a shrink. Yeah. And she explained PTSD as you get in the middle of something and your brain presses pause and your brain can press pause for as long as it feels it needs to protect you. And apparently when I smelled that, my brain pressed play and I rushed back to everything that I, you know, had tried putting behind me or that i thought, I'd put behind me. It was wild. Like I, you know, I, I know that I spent a lot of years thinking to myself, yeah, shit, I shouldn't have gotten out. And then I spent just enough years being drunk to not remember that. And then I spent enough years going, you know what? It's time to get my shit together. And so I don't know of any one incident. I don't know of anything, but I, but I think for me, it was all of it. It was, you know, two years deployed missing things, being gone overseas that, you know, just all of it. And then some of it too, was being at such a heightened state of readiness and then never doing anything too. You know, we spent a good portion of our deployments. Oh, we're going in, we're going, we're going, Nope. You know, hurry up and wait. So, yeah. you know, I think for me, it was just a combination of all of it. It was the actual incidents that I was in it was the not doing anything then it was the getting out and i think when my brain pressed play it was telling me it was okay to go get help it was okay to talk about these things it was okay to it was okay to put shit up on the wall you know because <laughs> it, it sat in boxes so
0: <laughs> it was kind of like confronting it something that's been sitting there for a minute
1: yeah and I think and, and again I think uh, I think it was my brain saying it was okay. You know, you can be vulnerable here. You're safe. It just wasn't, I mean, it picked a fucking hell of a time to do it at the happiest place in the world.
0: Well, I mean, small world does it to me, so well, I, I understand.
1: <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> Rodney Carrington has got a great little comic skit about that. But
0: You have been going to the VA. I'm, I'm proud of you for that, brother. What what have you been doing to help combat some of these issues? I, I, I see there's a can is there a can inside that cup?
1: Yeah, it's a
0: okay. little oh no, you got one of those uh the screw on to keep the cans cold.
1: Yeah, Walmart six okay. bucks. Beautiful.
0: Oh <laughs> Yeti this is, 30, this is a good time for a plug.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Thirty-six dollars to help. Hey Yeti, throw us a bone, huh? Yeah. So, so, what have
0: you been using? Have they they given you tools, as I call them? I like to call them tools, tools to help you. uh, You know, you in in the police world, we always say you put another tool on your your bat belt or whatever it is your belt. You you know, you got another tool in there to help you to combat these things. What I mean, what are the tools have have you been using to combat? Because I mean, I go through my own my date shit, man. My freight, my my saying, I have this you know trademarked day to day. I'm a mess, but In the big picture, I'm blessed. I mean, you know my life, man. You know my wife, you know my family. Obviously, I have a lot of fucking issues besides the military, but I'm 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 completely and one hundred percent blessed in this world for what I have. And I'll never take it for granted. But the day to day, man, it's a rough go at it. So I have my own issues and I know you have issues, but what kind of tools have they given you to try and combat some of the stuff that you've had to deal with?
1: So by the time I took myself to the VA and got everything kind of squared away. I was like, Oh, I'm good. I went to the VA. I saw a guy, you know, he made me cry. (laughs) He didn't make me feel, he didn't make me feel guilty, but he did make me cry. You know, those
0: proctologists.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Two knuckles. That's fine. Um, (laughs) You know, it was, it was rough because I go in, you know, and I'm going in for this final interview and I'm like, fuck, fuck. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? You know, and he just asked me one thing. He, he he goes through this whole litany of questions. And I don't know if it was like his standard question, if it was something I gave him, but he kind of stopped and he looked at me and he goes, Do you feel worthless? <laughs> you know that you get that hyperventilating, like your dad just beats your ass and you don't tell him to stop. And you're like, I can't, no, what, you, you, no. Know. <laughs> You know, and I walked out of there, just a miserable fucking puddle. And so I said, fuck this. I'm not going to these guys. Fuck them. I'm not doing anything again for another two. So another two years, I finally go and I get this doctor's card and I see him. He's out of uh, Jesse Hines here in uh, Chicago. I actually see him in the Oak Lawn branch on Cicero. And I waited another year to talk to him because I was like, nah, I got his card. I'm fine. You know, he asked, I I went in for a physical and of course, you know, they tell me they're like, oh, you're 5'10", you're 200 pounds. And it was funny because the VA doctor, she was, she was large. She goes, (laughs) well, I think you were overweight. I stood up and I and you you know me I'm for my age I'm in pretty damn good shape.
0: You you are in phenomenal shape. I, so, I would say for for my age you're in phenomenal shape.
1: I stood up and I just I threw open the whole gown. I said, "Does this look fat to you?" And of course, you know, she kind of looked at me like, "What the fuck?" So <laughs> then she goes, "Fine." She goes, "Just eat oatmeal. That'll help your cholesterol."
0: She, so I'm like, it wasn't that cold in here either.
1: Well, no, there was a lot of blood flow. So I was good. I, I was ready to go to the party. But I, I was pissed off because I'm like, this is the kind of healthcare I'm gonna get. She's gonna tell me to eat oatmeal to help my cholesterol. Like, get the fuck out of here. She goes to get the shrink, right? She goes to get this doctor, and she's like, Well, I think you should talk to the doc. And I'm like, Well, fucking great. Like, I'll just go over here and I'll fucking show him my shit. Here we go. So he ends up being this this guy this doctor that i see is salt of the earth people yeah i have not missed a tuesday appointment with him in 11 months um and we just we talk about all kinds of things and i think one of the biggest things one of the biggest tools he's taught me to use and i think this is you know this is obviously not only a veteran thing but this is a life skill is it is okay to own what you feel. You can yeah. be pissed off, you can be frustrated, you can be sad, you can you can be whatever. It's got to be your reaction that that you temper, you know.
0: No, there that's a, that's a buddhist thing and that's that's where our power is, how we react to things. And I I make that I I try my best, man. Yep. We all do. I mean, I, I do. I try my best. Mikey, you'll tell you, man, I, my, my temper has since day one has been a bad one, dude. Well, I've seen you in action, man. I try and keep yeah. myself even keel.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it, hard. it is. It absolutely is. You know, I like I said earlier, you know, I teach special ed. I had a, a young and
0: man. You, I wanted to I wanted to say thank you for that, too, brother. You know, you know, my family, brother, I, I appreciate what you do.
1: It's odd saying you're welcome, but thank you for the support. <laughs> that's that's another thing. You know, veterans. We. Oh, my God. Thank you for serving. Thank you for your support. And I, I was so uncomfortable with that for so many years. And now I just say back to folks, I say thank you for your support. I make sure
0: yeah, to. I, think- love, I love people who say that, man. Yeah. When when, when a child comes up, I, I've gone through uh, my mother in law. She's had me at Sandberg to go and talk to kids, and they see me coming through with the uniform on, and I've had kids walk completely across the hallway to shake my hand, and say thank you for your service, and I just, you know, I know there's guys out there that are like, oh, whatever, man, fuck you, whatever. I I do not give a shit, man. When no. you. When you see a generation that has absolutely no idea of what's what, and they're coming over and they know that it's like, you know what, I see that uniform. Thank you very much. That that's respect, that's honor. That's something that we yeah. need to bring back. And sure. I, I make sure that I honor when somebody tells me that you you give them that respect back and you say, Thank you very much for your service. And that's exactly what I do. I see a guy, you know. I, I very rarely wear my uniform. I still do my drills and everything like that. But I see a guy wearing the Vietnam hat. I see a guy wearing the Korea hat. I see a guy wearing the VFW hat. I go right up to him or a shirt, or whatever. Did you serve? Yes, I did. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for what you did. Because of you, as a veteran, what you have done for my generation is leap years. You know, has has like you've put it, man. The the changes that we have, we we don't see it. But what has been different with the VAs and what, you know, the the veteran community has become is because previous generations. And I, man, I would love to get some, I mean, I know you're old and shit, but I would (laughs) love to get some like really old guys out here to talk to.
1: You know, you'd mentioned earlier about the you know, what each generation kind of does and each service generation, if you will. I'm a member of the American Legion up here in hometown Illinois. And we have, I don't know, 62, maybe 70 members. And at 40, soon to be 47, I don't make a dent in the average age. I can't touch these guys. We got World War II guys. We got Korea guys. And I think one of the other reasons that I wanted to get combat cargo off the ground was we have to use and explore different mediums because, you know, it's kind of like if you're being, you know, whether it's a a coach in the weight room or or a teacher in the classroom, everybody gives different cues and and we take from those cues how we're going to process and then how we learn and how we do things. and. You know, it's it's something different. You know, like you said, some guy, some civilian saw your video and didn't realize that 22 veterans were dying a day by suicide. You reached one person. Your mission was achieved. It was solid. And, and we have to keep doing those things. But we also can't be afraid to change. And I think some of the re- one reason why I'm not too pleased with the Legion right now as a whole is – on the small local level, they're not willing to change these guys. These guys—they're just a different breed, you know. Yeah. They're the old school guys. The technology gets by them, but it's going to be up to us to, you know, work and figure out what the, you know. You kind of busted your own balls earlier about TikTok. You got to use it because folks, kids are on there using it. You can make an impact if you can reach, like you know, hey, reach two guys, then you're, you know, yeah. you're you're doing what you're supposed to. You're doing what you can to help. And yeah, man. we just have to keep pushing that direction.
0: You're right. You know, I'm, I'm sadly enough. I'm not a technology guy at all, but you're right. I, I go to the, I'm, I'm a member at my local VFW here in new Lenox and talking with some of these guys. I mean, everybody, every veteran, I mean, we got guys, the majority of them are Vietnam veterans or good men, you know, and I don't know how they're going to feel when they see their first female come in i don't know how they're gonna feel when they want you know something everything's gonna have to go digital i don't know how they're gonna feel about a lot of these luckily i have more guys closer to your age there, there's a couple of them i got one guy uh, clark he's he's a good dude he was there during the Gulf war the original Gulf war part one he was there during that he's he's very tech savvy very very intelligent man love working with them and he's the vice president of the VFW or vice commander or whatever they call it. Yeah, but See, he's, he's gonna gonna be the guy that moves it. Our commander, he's not a very, very extremely tech savvy guy, but he he was I can't remember where he taught, but he's a te- he was a teacher, he was a principal. He understands that things you know they move along, and he and understands as long, that it has to happen.
1: And as long as he can delegate. That power and that authority, and teach some, train your men as a team. Bring up your subordinates, right? You, that's what you do. That's what we do as in the military. That's what we do. We we train our men as a team. We bring up our subordinates. If he can delegate that and you move you guys along, that's fantastic. I think that's just going to be the next mission. Is you know finding those mediums to be effective, you know get get the message out there. Make sure guys get help when they want it. You know we want. Again, I wouldn't want to push anybody, but. You know, buddy checks are important. We're just.
0: Yes, sir. We're, we're going to be closing this up here. But if you could say something to veterans or or military members getting out to, you know, help them assimilate better to, to the civilian life or just in gen, you know, with everything that we've gone through, what what would you tell them?
1: Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, I think the first thing is, you know, you've got to be willing reach out, find that American Legion, find that VFW, go online, find a place, you know, this, this, your podcast right here. If somebody were to type this into Google, you know, if they were to type my stuff in and find it, you know, we're out here ready to help. And I think, I think if you reach out and just keep reaching, you're going to find you're going to find somebody that's going to help. You may not like the first place. You may not like the third place, but you know, if you keep reaching that fourth place is going to, that might be your gold. You know, we all miss the camaraderie. You know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, go into a meeting, going into a meeting and be able to say, look at, look at this fucking hard on here, you know, and you, you know, and bam, you're right back in it. Now you might be pissed off that you're, you know, like me, I sat in an IEP meeting today and I was like, nobody's helping this fucking kid. I'm ready to fucking choke slam everybody in the meeting because everybody, I don't know if that's the proper. And I'm like, I can't even do anything about this because if I if I go off the reservation and start yelling, everybody's gonna be like, fucking calm down, calm down. But you know, those places they have a lot of value. And and, and you yeah. just gotta find the right one. You know, you kind of again you busted your own balls about marching and rucking. It's still a valuable endeavor because somebody saw you. Somebody's like, look at this fucking stroke. somebody else is going, look at this fucking guy. I like this guy. And it might just be, you know, a small interview in a small time newspaper. Somebody reaches out to you. You're able to get them help. We've got to tell these guys just ask for help, reach out, figure something out. If you don't want to talk about shit, I don't want to talk about shit. I did. I don't, I fuck you. You want to drink beer by the fire? I, I got a fireplace, you know, you, you want me to come to the library? You want to just sit and st- okay, well, I'll I'll come and sit with you. You know, we don't have to talk, but we gotta be able to knock down that first barrier. And I think the big one is just, you know, look for help, reach out, find an organization, find a group. Yeah. They're they're out there everywhere now, you know, and a and a Google search is gonna turn that up.
0: Well, Sean, I greatly appreciate having you here on Article 15, man. I, I really do. We, Like I said, we've known each other for a good long time, man. It, and it, it doesn't seem like it's getting any shorter, dude. Right. God, you've been married how long now? Because you got married in oh seven, I 08? believe it was. 08? I don't know.
1: Marianne messed this up the last time. She's like, what have we been married? Like five 07. years? I'm like, "I'm like, we've been married 12. What the? F-?
0: It was 07.
1: No, it was 08. Mike, Mike was, was 07. In- Your brother was seven.
0: 07. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. And then Ju- it was June. June right of 08? Uh,
1: July. Uh, we were July.
0: It's the same thing.
1: Yeah. Well, it, 2002 was just what five years ago. So that's yeah,
0: fine. yeah, yeah. It sure was. I left for, uh, for I left for the military then. I good think Lord. I was just
1: sobering up in 2002. That's and think I guess I think I spent about three years drunk, 99 to 2002, because then that's I went it. to I that's went terrible. to Western August of 2002.
0: God. Yeah. Western. Okay. <laughs> Macomb. i go
1: from one leather neck to another i just couldn't get away
0: from it if you guys don't know where macomb is it's you'll never find in it my pocket next to my brush <laughs> <laughs> macomb illinois home of western illinois home of the whirlwinds and the leathernecks great the only time, I ever known to have two different mascots for guys and girls they were ahead of their time yeah but uh sean again man thank you so very much for joining us greatly appreciate it, your brother if you guys are trying to get in touch with sean uh, combatcargo.net that's combatcargo.net uh, we will have all of his contact information in here for you guys if you guys need emails or his his instagram feed his facebook feed all that stuff will be in here uh sean you have yourself a wonderful day sir
1: all right i really appreciate it thanks for having me on
0: All right, brother, you have a good one.
1: You too.